This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. God ideas always start with surrender. Join us on this episode as we talk about the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey there, welcome to episode 14. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. I'm with Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi. So, Armin, we have had a dozen or so now, more, a little bit more episodes under our belt. And this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because I think we are going to talk about a theme that has come up a few times, but one that probably our listeners have some questions about. And, uh, you know, we've talked to some people. We haven't had anybody write in and send us specific questions. I, you know, I get emails from people. Yeah. We, we need to get the conversation going, though. So send us some comments on our show notes. In fact, do it for this episode. You know, when we go through and we're talking about creating bold ideas, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a distinction that's being formed between what's a good idea and what's a God idea. Right. That's a pretty common statement out there. Mm-hmm. And I think we all want to go, ah, I want the God idea. Right. You know, and I can't tell if this is a good idea. Heck, I can't even tell if it's a good idea, <laughs> much less whether, <laughs> God whether, idea. whether you know, it's yeah. like I remember listening to one presentation. I thought the title was brilliant because it's like choosing between bad and worse and knowing which is which (laughs) and sometimes you don't you know so instead of having a guest today you and i are going to just dialogue and hope that that inspires our listeners to also kind of dialogue in their head or maybe you know verbally shout at us and then pick up the phone and call us or or leave us a comment on our show notes so we can hear what's going on inside of your head but i think we need to burp out what's kind of going on inside our heads about this whole good idea god idea discussion yeah you know what's funny is that when i've talked to a few people about it it's this topic of good versus god ideas there's almost like a defeatist mentality. Like pe- people are are actually upset about it because they'll they'll say, "I've been praying to find out if this is something God is putting on my heart, or if this is just a me thing, and I can't get an answer to it." And it's so annoying, mm. and I'm so sick of this. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the term I hear most often. Is mm-hmm. I'm so sick of this. Yeah, right? or like they're mad. <laughs> <laughs> they're, gen- they're genuinely mad about this whole thing, and I get it. I've been there. Yeah, you know? totally. So how do you know the difference between well, good and see, God? And see, this is the temptation of a label. The temptation of a label is, well, clearly, I want God idea, not good idea. So right. that's better than good. <laughs> right. you know, it's not hard to figure that out when you yeah. put those two labels on it. Clearly, you want God's idea, not just a good idea. Right. But then it invites the how-to Mm-hmm. It just as you're asking, you know, like how to, I'm frustrated because I'm spending all this time and I, nothing comes to mind. And the challenge in this is not to formulize it because mm-hmm. once you do, it's not a God thing that anymore, right. it becomes your thing. Yeah. If, if you can put a formula around what makes a God idea, a God idea, guess what? It's your idea. <laughs> you know, it's not sure. God's right. Yeah. But I think there's still some things that you can look at and some questions you can ask. But understand that this topic really kind of is a holy ground topic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily dispense with the notion that this is not a good thing to try to separate. I think it is actually a good thing to try to discern because there are plenty of ideas that we have that 
we might think are good and great, but they aren't necessarily in keeping with how God's created us to be. And it's probably less than what would be the best for us if we had the full course of wisdom. Right. That's so true. <laughs> so obviously what we've heard in pretty much every episode we have, and I don't think that this is one of those, like the automatic question you get when you're asked in church what the right answer to something is, and they right. say Jesus, you know. Right. But you notice that nearly every one of our guests talk about prayer. Yes. And just very consistent theme. Steeping things in prayer. And, you know, you couldn't really conceive of having an idea being God's idea if prayer really isn't a part of it. I mean, that is our way to communicate with them. And I think one of the challenges I've had in my life has been that my prayer life has been post facto, you know, not, not a priori. So in other words, what I mean is I've been praying mostly for God to rescue or bless something I already have in mind, not for guidance, right? And prayer that precedes action is guidance. But Mm -hmm. I often act first, and then I pray. (laughs) You know, I'll like, I'll take my plan, oh Lord. Bless my plan, oh Lord. (laughs) Or get me out of the trouble I've created with my plan. (laughs) Sounds familiar. That's that's like a prayer of rescue. Yeah, yeah, story of my life. So is our prayer life oriented around really seeking God as a guide to guide us and to help us filter that? Or is it really, I want him to be, well, let's just put it, call a spade a spade. I want him to be a slot machine. I want to be able to say, God, I need you to bless me in this way. Now, there's plenty of scriptures that say, you know, ask and you shall receive, and that he wants to, you know, that that we are to ask and be in front of him. But I think the whole weight of that is really around, am I following rather than asking God to follow me? Yeah. It's so weird having this conversation because I feel like I, I would be a good case study because I am so action oriented, right? I, oh yeah, you told me when we first met that you ate to do list for breakfast. No, no I or what was that. it? What it was, was my it? love language or something? <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, so you, action, item. action items are your love language. That's what it was. That cracked me up. <laughs> so like strength in the world of Strength Finder, right? My number one strength consistently is Activator, which is best known as the Ready Fire Aim strength, right? But I feel like that's how I learn. I feel like that's how I take something and run with it. And once I run with it, I realize, do I want to do this or not? I'm not the type to think and stew and meditate. And you give me some, I just want to run with it and I'll find out if I want to do it. But that's what puts me in that situation of God rescue me from my own stupidity Uh type scenario, right? Where I don't do what Stephen Kendrick said it best, saturate everything in prayer before you do anything. Yep. Right? But like how do you do that when you're action oriented? We just want to jump at I it know, and go do it. That's how you find out. And I think that there's a way to settle down in that. I mean, it is faith and works together. Right. I mean, there is a need for action right. because action creates discovery. But the question really is is our orientation on prayer about guidance hmm. or is it about blessing and and rescue <laughs> you know usually for me blessing and rescue <laughs> yeah, yeah. me too <laughs> i mean i'm telling you that's the, that's me too now one of the things that i discovered and it's been there you know all along you read scripture and you go wow you know it's it's been there all along and i just discovered yeah. this right but when james says in james chapter 1 verse 5 he says if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask god who gives generously to all without 
finding fault and it will be given to him. That is a promise. That's a promise that always says every time you ask, you will get wisdom. That's good. Now, and he goes on to say, if you doubt that, then you won't, (laughs) (laughs) right? Because if you doubt it, it's like you shouldn't assume anything's going to be given to you. But if you ask God with the full conviction that he is able and willing to give without finding fault, in other words, you don't need to have some level of accomplishment, some level of holiness, some level of rightness in order for you to ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Hmm. That to me is a very liberating form of prayer. Yeah. And the wisdom is wisdom that precedes action. Hmm. You know, it's not asking for rescue, it's asking yeah. for give me wisdom in the course that I am to take. How am I to follow you through a particular situation? Of course, you can use it in times when you're feeling troubled and sure. need rescue as well. But it's a prayer of guidance. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that says God will lead you through something despite you. If it started with God and you got the idea from God and you're running with it and regardless of how qualified or unqualified you are, how holy or unholy you are or whatever the situation may be, if you're following God that despite you, he will make it work because he started the work. And that's an important point. You know, he started it and we're dependent on him and it takes us back to this whole notion Am I doing my life for me or am I doing it for him? And am I doing it in a way that I know that I'm working with him rather than I'm doing this all by myself and I'm going to ask God, you know, (laughs) we've talked about this, I think, before. It's so common when people get into a situation where they might say, and I've said this myself, all I can do is pray. You know, it's kind of like it's a hopeless situation. All we can do is pray when that ought to be the first thing we do. (laughs) I mean, why do we say that as if that's like, well, it's in God's hands now. We're all It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Who said it was ever out of God's hands? You know, why am I trying to pull it out of his hands? Why don't I work with him as a co-laborer? Yeah. And because that's in fact what we are. In fact, if you go back, Armin, to the second chapter of Genesis It says this, when the Lord God had made the earth and the heavens, and catch this, no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. So even before creation, there was not a fruit of it for two reasons. God didn't send rain and man didn't work the ground. From the very beginning, we were made to be co-laborers. And yet we often just say, hey, I got this and I'll call on God whenever whenever I get into trouble. You know what's interesting about this to me, though, is that once you go through this process of chasing what God has for you, The thing that makes me so angry about following God ideas sometime that I I, I would want to fist fight God if I could type scenarios is that I realize sometimes God sends you on the journey and what you think the destination is, isn't. Oh, yeah. And it really is all about the journey. Mm -hmm. It's not about the destination, Mm -hmm. this outcome, this whatever this business outcome, this ministry outcome, this friendship outcome, this what whatever, like this journey he starts, right? You know it's God, you go down it, and you think because God has me on this journey that the outcome must be this, mm-hmm. whatever this is. Yep. And I've done that so many times. I know I'm following God. 
I know I'm following God because I've gone through whatever my process is of finding that out. But then when I go through the journey, it doesn't end the way that I want. Mm -hmm. It creates such a bad relationship between me and God Mm -hmm. because not that he promised me some outcome. I created the outcome in my own head. I'm just mad at him for not giving it to me because I know I'm following God. When in reality, it was exactly the purpose that for that the whole journey was the journey to make me, build me, prepare me, and take me to what is right, next right. that will give me the outcome. Yeah, I know. And I remember telling a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, that you know when I started my business, that this was going to be the thing that would be just unleashing me to do all kinds of ministry because you know obviously owning your own business is going to free you up. Oh, totally. With, I mean, it's, you're going to have all this income, and you're going to have all this time, and you can like and toilets made with gold, all that stuff. You know, it's all going to come easy. And what I didn't realize was that path going through there was the path to teach me dependence on God, right? Not to free me up to serve God out of my margin and out of my comfort, right? But for God to to say, yeah, I'll I'll take that bet you're placing, Larry, and now I want to know, are you willing to serve me even when it's hard? Not serving me out of your margin and out of your comfort yep. and out of when it's easy, but 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 do that. Show me that willingness when you know it isn't coming quite so easy. Right. And just because you believe in me doesn't mean that you're going to get disproportionate blessing because the rain falls on the just and the unjust, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that you have this ability to now all of a sudden transcend human problem and pain right. you know, because you believe in me, yeah. you know, and you're going to go do this in my name. That's right. What is that verse from Luke? It says, faith doesn't make things easy. It makes it possible. Is that is that what the how's that? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> oh man, I, I know it's a paraphrase of it, but uh, yeah, it is a paraphrase. But, yeah, but yeah, I don't it, it, it's definitely something I, I I think about often. Is that I know I know my faith will make something possible, but as soon as I start the journey, I always assume whether it's conscious or subconscious that because it's a God thing, that it's supposed to be easy. Well, I think that when it comes right down to it, for me, the test of an idea as to whether it's a God thing or not is what does it do to your relationship with God? Right. You know, so don't suppose for a minute, not for one moment, if you're pursuing something and you are cold in your heart toward God, that it's a God thing. Right. Because that's not what he would desire. Right. I mean, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that thing can't be transformed into a God thing. You know, maybe your heart needs to be changed toward it. If there's something that's keeping you from having an on-fire relationship with your Lord, then it's probably not a God thing by definition. Right. His priority is his relationship with you. Hmm. And if that isn't a priority in whatever you're pursuing, if that doesn't manifest itself in that way, then it's probably not helpful to you. Right. So somebody's listening to this and saying, give me something practical. What do I do other than prayer? Because I know if I was listening to this, I would say, if one more person tells me to pray about it, I'm going to punch him in the throat, <laughs> Bruce Lee style, and walk away. But what are some other things that we could say from our experience and from listening to these amazing people that we've had on our show and mentors that we've had, friends that we've had, that we've had this conversation with? What are some practical tips that we can say that we've learned through our processes? Well, I would kind of sound contradictory here at this point because I would say get on with it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I you know because this is back to faith and works, you know, sure. and really the 
the the tagline for the show is put your faith to work. Right. And I think sometimes I'm, I wonder if some of the people that you've said are frustrated about it that have been praying. And I know I've had those times as well, where there is a season where you do enter into something for prayer and you do enter into something to get focus and wisdom. But I think that there's a form of unbelief when we don't act on something that we feel yeah. like God might be leading us to. Yeah. And sometimes we want to know this is, to me, I think one of the biggest challenges. We want to know how it's all going to look before we take the first step. Hmm. And if you if you think about all of what the experiences and scriptures have been, you know, just take the first step is the piece of obedience. You know, right. uh, obedience is, yeah, obedience is enough to see the next step in front of you and then to move from there. And this came out of our Paul Young episode, right, when he said, hey, there's enough grace for today. Mm. And I think one of the things that stalls us is when we think we have to have everything so clearly identified, but that's just another form of safety. And we want it on our terms then, as opposed to saying, God, you're the one that's a co-laborer with me. You're the one that has the long-term vision on this. I don't have the long-term vision. I don't need to have it because you're the one who has that. You are co-laboring with me. I'm just going to do today's stuff today. And that helps us, I think, release this sense that I've got to figure this all out and the anxiety that comes from it. That's right. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I have a question for you. A little nervous, but go ahead, bring it on. What would your 65-year-old self say to you right now? Oh, well, it would probably start with a slap upside my head and follow with a please stop being an idiot. Ha, exactly. I'm glad you agree. Thanks a lot. How did you know? (laughs) Have you encountered my old self? (laughs) No, I've encountered mine too. That's why we all need to know about Great Waters Financial. All right, listen, all kidding aside, Great Waters Financial is a company that I would put my name and reputation behind any chance I get. It's a company filled with people that I know firsthand, have character, have integrity, you can trust and you can rely on. And this is a company that I believe is one of the best at what they do. Great Waters Financial, based here in Minneapolis, is a financial planning team that will help you customize a financial plan just for you to get you into retirement and to live it greatly. And they prepared a report for our listeners to download the six things your 65-year-old self would want you to know about Social Security. And if you want to see that report, just go to greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. Investment advisory services offered through Advisor Net Wealth Management. Great Waters Financial and Advisor Net Wealth Management are not affiliated. Insurance products provided by Great Waters Financial, a Minnesota insurance agency. My favorite reminder that I got, I think about a week ago, I don't remember who I got this from, but it said, no amount of guilt can change the past and no amount of anxiety can change the future. Right. All you can do is conquer today. That's excellent. And what are you going to do to conquer today? That's good. Right? Put it's, that in a fortune cookie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so weird. It's so weird how much, I, I, and I want to talk about other people, but how often and how much I get lost in the past or I get lost in the future and how incredibly rare and uncommon it is for me to be focused on the day. 
And I miss day after day, opportunity after opportunity. I'm not trying to have a millennial FOMO moment. And if (laughs) someone doesn't know what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out. I'm not trying to do that. But I do miss out on so many days because I'm reflecting on the past and the pain and the grief and the regret and the blah, blah, blah. Or else I'm focused on the future of how I'm going to build this whatever that I want that I miss so many days. I miss opportunities with my wife. I miss opportunities with my kid, my mentors, my friends, my whatever. it's like, ah, just focus what you have here in front of you. And step by step, you could probably build something faster. Yeah. There are times when we, and this is true for all of us, I think when we need to get off our rear and do something. And then there are times when we need to say, you know, I got to lighten up and not get so (laughs) feeling like I have to carry the weight and be God in all this stuff Yeah, and let it go. Yeah. And that's very, very freeing. And to your point, what you just said, one of the things I remember when I was when I was trying to take notes while I was driving, processing through this good (laughs) Good work, handwritten notes, by the way, I'm really safe when I drive. I might get arrested tomorrow. But I remember one of the things I wrote down and because I'm obviously I'm reflecting on myself, but I I realize one of the things that takes me to a good idea rather than a God idea, which, by the way, most of my good ideas turn out to be crappy. (laughs) so they go downhill from good (laughs) yes absolutely they sound great when i start them out they just don't end well but i try to be the god of my idea sure right And, and to your point i am my god i am my author of my ideas because god was never involved in the idea i incorporate him thereafter so to your point i think one of the ways to separate a God idea from a good idea is when you realize you were the God of your idea. Yeah. And here's the test of that. Here's the test. Am I willing to accept any outcome, even if I don't see it in my lifetime? Oh, that's good. (laughs) Because if it's God's idea, he's transcendent of our lifetimes, right? And if it's God's idea, it's going to transcend well, it may transcend. I mean, he's got short-term ones, I'm sure, and very long-term ones. Yeah. And and if it only has to fit within our sphere of this is what we do. You know, and I see so many people, I mean, in the business world who have a hard time letting go of their business. Oh, yeah. It's their baby. They want to hold on to it. They want to milk it. They And, and they're not legacy-minded enough to say, hey, this is something bigger than me. Yeah. You know, they've still put their business inside the box of their own head. Right. So it's within that, you know, seven-inch head of, their, of theirs, yeah. you know, and that's as big as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying, no, this is something that transcends me. So a test of a God idea is, are you okay if it's really his? And that he's the one that's going to define the success of it. That's so good. That's so good. Back to what we've already said. It might just be about the journey. It might not be about the outcome. Exactly. And the outcome might be the internal work that he did in you. There might have been a spiritual, mental, emotional maturing somehow. There's somehow you've gained more perseverance, more wisdom, more... I don't know, thicker skin, you become more humble, more engaging. I don't well, know. I remember a time, and I think we talked about this on the Reinventure Me podcast. I remember a time when Anna and I were walking and we were talking about a particularly challenging time we were having in our life. And we were doing like most people would do in that situation. We asked each other, what's God trying to teach us? Uh, now, let's be real. 
you hate that the reason most of the, time. the reason we asked that question was because we wanted to correct it so we could get out from the situation i don't even remember what the situation was but we wanted to get out from the situation sure. right it wasn't so we could learn and become better people and all the rest right i mean you know maybe there's some of that but not a lot i mean if i'm really honest with myself the reason i asked the question what is god trying to teach me in all right. this is because i want it to go away right <laughs> not because i want to be better right. it, you know right. so what we realized as we were discussing it, the possibility occurred to us for the first time and it liberated us. So we believe it was God planning this in mm. our minds was that perhaps this isn't about us at all. Mm. Perhaps what this is, is us to have an opportunity to model to our kids how we walk through times like this independence on God and to say, you know, we're going to be resolute through the challenges we have. Perhaps it isn't really about us mm. per se. It is about something bigger, something longer term, right. something that's not so personal. Mm. And that is a wonderful freeing thing to see that God works in many, many different ways and in many different levels. I mean, there are probably some things that he wanted us to learn, Yeah, right? Yeah. But he truly wanted us to learn it. And it wasn't like he was trying to just use it just as a learning exercise, but there's something else transformative that can come from it. Oh man. One of the toughest messages I ever heard was one from one of my friends and his message was on suffering. Like, can you literally the word suffering? Mm. It was one of those messages where you're just like, could you possibly pick a more depressing, <laughs> le- least motivating topic? But that was one of his points is saying that, suffering comes up more often than most commonly used words in sermons. He said, there are quite often stories that you see in the Bible where someone is answering God's call, but at least from our perspective, it leads them to suffering and prison or torture or whatever it might've been. But he said, the greatest thing about those people who are willing to listen to God is that they leave behind a kingdom legacy that will forever live on beyond their life. But he said, there's one other thing. He said, while they're in the midst of their suffering, he says, this is how you know that someone truly knows God It's in the midst of suffering. While most of us would think that they're in excruciating pain, they're in the midst of worship and they're in the midst Mm -hmm. of peace Mm -hmm. because they have a type of intimate relationship with them that the world's torture, that the world's pain, that the world's whatever could not break them down. That is a godly person that cannot be broken down by the world. Yeah, that's Suffering could not break. That's right. And so often you see it's in times of suffering when we draw closest to God because Mm -hmm. we receive comfort from him in doing that. And I think the real challenge for us is to do that always, you know, even in times when we're not in the kind of pain where we're saying, God, or I'm calling on you, help me make it go away. But also to just say, God, I'm calling on you to help me discern among all the things that I have in front of me. What is the best, most honoring way for me to display the gifts you've given to me and to be a good steward of what you've given me? Right. Right. And that's, I think, what turns a good idea into a God idea. Yep. I will say this. This will be my final point. I don't I don't know if you want to insert anything else, but I'll leave it. There. Well, I was going to talk about death and taxes for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe a good idea. <laughs> uh, okay. I would say of all the people, including pastors that I asked, I said, how do you know the difference between a good idea and a God idea? I think with the thing that gave me a spiritual check of some kind was actually from my wife. Mm. She said it in the most 
humble way and she said it from a place where I know I've watched her do this time and time again and it's always created amazing outcomes for her and she simply said God ideas always start with surrender Mm. and she left it at that and I had to hang up just to think about it the rest of my drive (laughs) because I realized it It's true. It's absolutely true. The greatest piece of advice I've ever received was from my wife when I asked her of a good versus God ideas that every God idea starts with surrender. And I don't think there's a better piece of advice that I've ever received. That's good. That's good. Well, that's a good note to end with. And we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts about what does it take to discover and discern in your own life? What have you found? The difference between a God idea, a good idea, and maybe you don't even make a distinction. And we want to hear that too. So what are your thoughts about what we've talked about today? What are some of the ways in which you found that you can keep in step with the Spirit and understand what He might be calling you to do? And let us know. Leave a comment for us on our show line at 612-568-IDEA, 612-568-4332, or leave a comment on our show page at boldideapodcast.com slash one four, because we're at episode 14. So this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long and go get a God idea. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com dot com.